0: Uh, Job chapter 23, Job 23, and I thought I heard someone coming in when we were praying, but I don't see anybody. Today I was on the, on the line with uh, our churches in Ukraine, and just be really praying for Ukraine because the situation there has become more and more critical. It's actually a full-blown civil war now in the East. And, uh, you know, it's really shocking when you live in a country and and then that country just goes into war. It's just so hard to, you know, you know the people so well and you've lived with them and and now they're at war and it's such a hard, you know, it's such a hard thing to process. But uh, we're really praying that God would just cover people there. And in some cases, we've heard that in the eastern part of the Ukraine, that some uh, Christian missionaries is a church out of Denver that had a church there in and eastern Ukraine. And it was like a Bible institute. It was like a building like this opened up by Americans. And they were using it to, uh, you know, minister to kids and young people. And it was like a Bible Institute, and it got overrun by these separatists. They got, everybody, everyone got kicked out, and now they're using that building as like a headquarters for their like operations. And um, so we just want to pray that, and that's happened with a few places. But in Job 23, uh, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. One of the. Uh, And I'd just like to talk a little bit about suffering. Um, This morning as I was reading, and I came across these verses, and it really spoke to me. And a lot of times, people do not know, and we don't know how to handle suffering. And there's two ways that people generally handle suffering in their life. They either react to it, they become angry to what's happening, and they lash out okay that's one way that that people can um, be that can, re, can react to suffering and uh uh that's an outward reaction to suffering the second way people can react to suffering is an inward withdrawing an inner an inner withdrawing into uh a in, reaction and people do that because um for many different reasons and people don't know how to handle suffering and it becomes for them too much and they they withdraw in. So the first reaction is lashing out reaction and fighting and the other reaction is just withdrawing in, going within, internalizing everything. And that can actually be the most dangerous because on the outward, you don't see what's going on. But inside, there's a lot of turmoil building up. And then some of these people just, if you boil something for so long, the lid's going to blow off, right? And that's what happens, uh, that when people are are suffering and they don't know how to resolve it and they don't know how to have God's mind about what they're suffering, then they internalize it and then eventually the lid blows off. Job... The book of Job, we know, is probably the oldest book in the Bible in the sense of when it was written. It was most likely written before Moses wrote Genesis. Um, it's It's one of the oldest books, and it's dealing with one of the most common human problems, and that's suffering. And as a believer and as a Christian, we really have the advantage because we know how to deal with hard times, because the Bible here explains it and gets into it. And so in verse 23, and I'm reading from the Amplified, Job answers and he says in verse 2, even today is my complaint rebellious and bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. And when he said stroke, he's referring to the the impact of uh, what he's experiencing. He said it's too much for me to handle. It's heavier than my groaning. And so Job here is really suffering. This is about halfway through the book of Job. And in verse 3, he cries out and he said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. And we know who he's talking about. He's talking about God, isn't he? He's talking about, oh, that I would know how I could find God and that I would be able to talk to him. And, you know, Job was a God-fearing man, we see in Job chapter 1. So why is he here struggling with where to find God? And the truth is, is that many times when people suffer, it seems that God hides his face and that people struggle with uh, understanding where God is and where his face is and how to find him. And he said here, I would lay my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. And so Job... Does not go the one of the the two routes of how generally people deal with suffering. He goes with going to the throne of God, and I think that sometimes people have a religious concept of God, thinking, okay, well, God, uh, I cannot, um, I cannot pour my complaint out to God because if I do, then then God will be angry with me. or, um, But we see that, I believe it's Psalm 61, that David pours out his complaint to the Lord. He pours out his heart to the Lord. And the issue that Job here has is that he's pouring out his complaint to the Lord. A very important thing to remember is is that uh, bitterness is poisonous. And... When we do not pour out our heart to the Lord and when we do not know how to bring our complaint to the Lord as David did in the end of the Psalms, then that gets internalized. And see, um, people in the world that don't have God don't know how to deal with things. They don't know how to deal with things that come up. They don't know how to deal with uh, situations in their life and things get under their skin. And And it really hits people hard sometimes. I know of one... Um, missionary who you know um, he's a great guy and he's doing really well today but I remember several years ago he observed something that was very tragic something that was very uh, hard to process and uh, it was so traumatic that he allowed it to get under his skin and to really penetrate him and it caused for him like Real questions about God. It affected his sense of trust in God. He began to uh, question God's sovereignty and it, re- it really threw him for a loop. It really blindsided him. And I remember we told him, we said, you know, you cannot internalize things like this because if we don't have the filter in our life of the way God does things, then what will happen is is that that, if that filter is not there, then things are going to penetrate us and it's going to really affect us. Hey, guys. So the key is is that um, Job goes to God and he brings his case to God. And whenever there's human suffering, whenever there's pain, whether external pain or internal pain, we have to remember that we have a judge in heaven that we have an advocate in heaven, that we have someone that is on our side, not just someone, but we have God Almighty in Romans chapter 8. If God before us, who can be against us? And the great judge that Job here refers to in the, next, in the following verses is really God himself. And so instead of withdrawing in reaction or lashing out in anger, Job goes to the throne of God and and then he has, this, he has this statement that he makes in verse 4, I would lay my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. God is okay with that. Actually, God is so secure that we are not going to disrupt God or make him upset if we go to him and pour out our argument. And I don't know how many times that you've done that with God, but it's very good for us to pour out our heart before the Lord. David did that because bitterness, a root of bitterness is when we have like an ingrown issue in our life. Instead of, instead of it being dealt with, it goes, grows, grows. And you ever get an infection because you have like an ingrown hair or something and gets infected and just becomes like a huge issue? It's kind of gross, but that can happen in the believer's life that instead of going to God and an understanding that we have a secure relationship with God, And that just like, for example, in a family, right? You can talk about things very openly in a family. When the family is secure and healthy, when a relationship is secure and it's a mature relationship, you can talk about things and no one's going to get so offended that they're not going to talk to you anymore. And that is the way it is with God. And so in verse six, I mean, verse five. Not only does Job say, "I will lay my, I will plead my case before God," he also takes another step and he says, "I will learn what He would answer me." And so, Job is not only talking about a one-way relationship with God, where he's arguing and yelling at God, but he's saying, "I would learn what He would answer me." So, Job's attitude is an attitude of 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 learning. Like, I'm going to learn. I'm going to tell. I'm going to give my. I'm going to make my point. I'm going to give my case, and then. I'm going to learn to what he has to say to me. And, under, and not only that, but understand what he would say to me. So I'm going to listen and learn. And I think that when we go to God with issues in our life, God would much rather hear about the burden on the heart and get that dealt with with us than us praying all these religious prayers and having a religious experience. Because God is really looking... At the depths of the heart, and he sees what's happening inside of the depths of the heart. And in verse 6, Job asks this question, Would he plead against me with his great power? And I don't know how it is, in the, well, Actually, I have the King James right here. Um, uh, it says no in the King James. Would he plead against me with his great power? No, he would not. Like, if we go to God, the question that we ask ourselves, Is God going to run us down? with just his mighty power, like, what are you talking to me like that for? Don't you know I'm God? He would listen, and the answer he says is no. He would give heed to me. That's beautiful, isn't it, that God gives heed to us. He listens to us. And how important it is, um, Job 23, how important it is to understand that God is a God that understands what's going on in our life. Uh, how important it is for under us to understand that He knows our soul in affliction. He, how important it is for us to know that that when we are afflicted, uh, He is afflicted, and that He in Psalm 139, 139 He knows uh, our thoughts from afar off. The uh, the. The, uh, the level of God's understanding in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 of what happens in the depths of your life is just incredible. God knows what's happening. And that, that is very comforting because Christianity without a comforter is just another version of some type of religious experience. There is no other religion on the planet that has, that has a comforter is there like do you know of another religion on the planet that that speaks about a spiritual comforter that comforts the depths of a person in suffering no there is none there there is none there's no other religion that all other religions pit man at against himself and against his circumstances so he has to rise above it all and attain to uh, that ultimate state of nirvana or Or whatever they call it. But with with Christ, in verse 7, we have a comforter. There the righteous one who is upright and right standing with God could reason with him so I should be acquitted by my judge forever. And so here in verse 7, Job has a Old Testament uh, very clear understanding of the intercessory work of jesus christ is this amazing right here if this is truly the oldest book one of the earliest written books of the bible at at this point and that means if that if this is the earliest book written then this would be thousands and thousands of years old this book and even at this time there was an understanding that at the right hand of the father there is jesus christ there is the righteous judge that would reason with god not that god would be our adversary but Jesus was sent as our mediator as our as our person of understanding as our representative in heaven there the righteous one would reason with him so I should be acquitted of my judge forever what does he mean by that Job is saying I would make my case to God but who would do a better job but Jesus Christ would because he lived as a man 33 years he lived on this planet 33 years. He was one of us. In Matthew chapter 6, the Father knows what we have need of because through the Son, He experienced those things that His Son experienced. And so when we get to heaven, I think one of the most amazing things will be for us to see is that, we'll, that among all the angels and all the glorious buildings and the edifices of heaven, we're going to see a glorified man sitting on the throne. We're going to see a human being. Jesus Christ in glorified form. And we're going to see him and he's going to see us and we're going to know each other. You ever go to a, a, a big event where there's a lot of people and you don't know anybody and then you you spot one person you know and you just go, you beeline it right to that person, right? I mean, isn't that, and that's like your foothold for the whole event. You're like, this is where I'm going to hang out. Well, that is where, Je- that's the way Jesus Christ is. He has identified with us and he in the book of Hebrews, tempted at all points like us. And he is he reasons with God. and when we when we suffer and we fail in unbelief, or we fall down in in, uh, um, in trusting God, He makes our case to God. and um, we are acquitted. Verse eight and verse nine, uh, job continues to talk about how lost he is. He says, I go forward, and he's not there. I go backwards, and I cannot perceive him. On the left, and on the, uh, uh, where, where he works, I cannot behold him. And he turns himself to the right and to the south, and I cannot see him. Job here is lost, and he's lost his compass in his life. It could be that you and I really know God And it could be that we really know our Bibles, and it could be that we're believers for a very long time. But it could be that we lose our our way because of things that happen to a person. They just lose their way. And they're looking for a compass. But what was Job's compass in his suffering? What was that object that he followed that took him out of the woods, out of that valley of the shadow of death? What was the compass that Job had? And this compass was in verse 10, but he knows the way that I take. He has concern for it, appreciates, and pays attention to it. That was his compass. And it says here, then when he has tried me, I will come forth refined gold, pure and luminous. You know what that means? It means this is that you and I are gonna be tested. Times will be, times will happen to us when we'll be tested. And there'll be times when we have great blessing in our life, too. And I think that our church is heading for those times. And even on the personal level, I believe that God is really going to be blessing people on the individual level in our church. But sometimes when we get a little lost in everything that's going on, we need to find that compass. And what is that compass that points to true north? That compass is understanding this, the compassion of God, that he knows the way that we take. Just the fact that God knows what's going on in our life adds so much direction and destination in our life, doesn't it? There's two, there's two points in ver- this verse here that are described. Number one, he knows the way that I take. That means present tense. That means Job is saying, God knows what's happening in the present tense of my life today. He understands my uprisings and my downsittings. in Psalm 139. He knows what's happening presently. And the second point is, is that after he has tried me, I will come forth as tried gold which means destination, destiny. We have two points, present, and then we have, the, then we have destiny with God. And that destiny is, is that God is going to take us through and we're going to come out as pure gold. And that is so foreign for, for uh, people sometimes because people think that, well, you know, if I make it through this test, then I'll come through as pure gold. That's the wrong way to talk as a, as a Christian, as a believer. Because if God is faithful and if we are kept by the power of God, it's not if I make it and can I make it and am I going to make it through this. It's really I will make it through and God will bring us through and he will make us as trike gold. We may stumble and fall down, but when we do, we're going to find out that underneath us are the everlasting arms of God. And that there's no, that there's no change in his, in his uh, unconditional love towards us. And if we understand today that God knows the way that we take and that there's a destiny that he's going to take us to in James 1, 1 verse 12, uh, that we are going to, in Psalm 17, verse 3, and Psalm 66, verse 10, that we have a destiny with God and that we're going places with God. And I like to think that that, that you and I are going to, get get through things in our life, and we're going to come forth as gold, tried gold. The believer that does not walk by faith and has no need in his life doesn't even understand this verse. And there's no need for this verse in his life because he's, he's calling the shots in his life. But he says in verse 10, I will come forth as refined gold, pure and luminous. And in verse 11 he says, My foot has held fast to his steps. His ways have I kept and not turned aside. And this is another point here that Job makes. That how can a person say that? that can I say that, that my steps, my foot has held fast to his steps? I don't think we can say that we are always perfectly holding fast to his steps. And nor was Job. But how could he say that? But when we walk from faith to faith in Romans 1, verse 17, there's sometimes valleys between faith to faith. And there are some times when there is failure. And the key to remember is, is that if we go from faith to faith, it really is that, that um, we've made it and our, our, we have not strayed, even though we've fallen along the way. My foot has felt held fast as steps, his ways have I kept and not turned aside. I have not gone back from the commandments in verse 12 of his lips. I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And that could happen. I mean, how many of us have been there where we don't have what we need to eat, but we have the Bible? I've been there. You know, there have been times where I've prayed, many times where I've prayed for my daily bread because there was like literally nothing. And the whole purpose of human suffering is is that we would discover not how amazing we are and how faithful we are but to discover how faithful God is in every situation that he knows the way that we take and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna finish with this is that if there's no comprehension of God's compassion in your life then bitterness is going to start to grow and it could take 20 or 30 years but um we we needs compa- we need to understand the compassion of God, and if we don't understand it, we go before God on our face and say, God, through Your Holy Spirit, Romans five verse five, shed abroad in my heart the love of God through the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, then there's then we understand the compassion of God, and it may take uh, it may take times where we are. It seems that we're lost without a compass. But when we discover that he knows the way that we take and that his compassion fails not, then we discover that compass and that he's with us today and that he's going to bring us through to the end at our destiny. And I I'll just want to close with this, is that verse um, 14, he performs that which he has planned for me, and of many such matters he is mindful. Is that great? And I guess in the in the King James it says this that, um, for he performs in verse fourteen the thing that is appointed for me and hath, and many such things are with him. Is that great? What are the many such things that are with God? Well, namely here it speaks about the faithfulness of God, but in addition to that, there are many other such things with him, such as the multifaceted grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the promises of God, the power of God. He brings to pass the very thing that he has appointed for us to do. I remember when I was in Bible school, I had this interesting thought that sometimes would really make me worried. What if I don't complete all of the will of God? And what if I die before God's God really does what He wants to do in my life, and it really bothered me, and it caused a lot of striving in my life. But then I understood this verse, that in verse fourteen, that He will perform the very thing that He has appointed to us. If God wants more patience in our life, then He's gonna He's going to bring that to pass. He's gonna create. He's going to be patience in our life. If God needs me to be more loving, then He's He's not asking my flesh to be more loving. He is going to create that through his Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. He's going to create that capacity. If God wants me to be more trusting or or any other virtue in our our life that's missing, then God himself will bring that to pass in our life. We just got to trust the Lord that he's going to bring these things to pass and not live in just self-judgment and self-analysis like psychoanalysis, right, where we just analyze ourselves to death and we're never good enough and uh, and then we beat ourselves up. I think that we can go to God and say, Lord, you know the way that I take and if there's something that needs to happen in my life, you're going to bring it to pass. And that's what I'm really, that's what I'm really taking courage in is that What the Lord has appointed for each one of us here and what the Lord has appointed for this church and for this region and for this area and for this mission, he's going to bring to pass. He's going to do it himself. And if not, (laughs) we can all say shucks and go home, right? (laughs) That's not going to happen. Say shucks and go home. That's the main thing, I think. But it's not going to happen. I don't think the day is going to come where we just kind of shake our heads and say, what happened? We trusted this Bible and it didn't. didn't There's never been a day like that. And so we can be confident that times could be tough today. We could be wondering how we're going to make it next week, next month. But you know something? Um, What else are we going to do? (laughs) Any suggestions? (laughs) Where else are we going to go? Go fishing for the rest of our lives? Or what are we going to do? And I think that if we just stick to it, we're going to really see the blessing of the Lord because I love this verse, Proverbs 10, and we quoted it on Sunday that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You know, there's a lot of people that are out of work today and there's a lot of nervous people and there's a lot of people drinking and a lot of people living in sublimation because they don't know how to deal with their problems. But you and I experience the same thing that other people are experiencing, but we have answers in our life, don't we? Mm-hmm. We know what to tell people. Can you imagine not being able to, not knowing the answers to things that are going on in your life? Um, If God doesn't answer our prayer for certain things, it's never an issue about how much faith we have. It It is that maybe God is using you in the lives of other people to show this is what a mature Christian is in this type of situation. Financial problem, health problem. And then in the end, what happens with Job? I love this end of the story. I just Let's just read it because it will encourage us. Job um, 42. What happens at the end of Job's life? Job, he, he prays for his friends, right? 42 verse 8. He prays for his friends. First, he forgives them. I'm in Psalms. I think it's a forty-two, Job. Forty-two verse eight. Therefore, take unto you seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job. God is speaking to Job's friends that really indicted him and accosted him when he was suffering, and offer up yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. Isn't that amazing? What would have happened if Job didn't pray for his friends? Job was the victim, wasn't he? Wasn't he the victim of his friend's lack of discernment and his friend's ignorance? Job prays for them. And when Job prays for them, two things happen. Three things happen. Three things happen. Number one, Job's friends get released from the consequences of their foolishness. And in verse 10, it says here, it says that, um, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. What was the captivity of Job? What do you think that was? What was Job captive to when he was in trouble? What was he captive to? I, my personal theory is, is that he may have been struggling, one of the things, he may have been struggling with forgiving his friends. And that brings people into captivity, doesn't it? And when he forgave his friends and prayed for them, God turns the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, in verse 10, and God gave Job twice as much as he had before. Those are the two great things. And, you know, we have to remember that suffering is never forever. Suffering is just a bridge from, from one point in God's plan to another point. And uh, don't, let's not get, and a few things to remember. When you suffer, don't get tunnel vision and don't get obsessive about it, because there's a lot more in our lives as believers than what's going on. Number two, don't get subjective, don't blame yourself, and don't get introspective about the situation, because the devil loves to project things to people when they're suffering, that this is all your fault, you could have done it differently, and you know what, it could have been done differently, and it could have been my fault, but did I know or did we know at that point what was happening? Were we lost without a compass? And we can't live blaming ourselves. And number three, don't lose sight of the, of the faithfulness of God that we've read about here tonight, that he knows the way that we take and that we have a destiny with God. Amen. So just a few thoughts about uh, human suffering. And I don't know what's, you know what's happening in people's lives today, but... Um, You know, let's just look to God and just have expectations because God, hey, let's be greater grace believers, believing in the greater grace of God that he gives more grace to the humble, right? So, amen? So let's just close with a word of prayer. Maybe we could just have a few minutes of prayer.